what's good with you thank you for listening to the show i'm johan francis cscs this right here is ego killer this is my show at egokillershow.com where we cover all the moves you need to be making in the gym to help you live move function grind get proud happy and grateful outside in life and i mean that without the slightest bit of hyperbole I want you guys to do better every time out. And I hope that something that we discuss on the show, uh, you can actually apply going forward today. I hope that anything that you do that's active, at least in the smallest sense, at the very least, or maybe it's in the biggest sense, like you have some kind of event or competition coming up. Whatever it is, whether you're somewhere in the middle, maybe today's going to be the first day you get back on track, you apply a little bit of something. Even if it's making the decision to eat a little bit more in tune with what your body needs and craves, right? Even if that means listening to your body's energy composition so that you can live and feel better all day, right? It means not avoiding, but kind of sidestepping, sidestepping the regular comfortable avenues of our mainstream lives in America, right, in California, whatever the hustle and bustle that you live, it's kind of sidestepping all of those easy trappings of eating for convenience, of living for convenience. We kind of want to make sure that we're breaking through, the ego's breaking through, the decision-making is positive and strong so that all those distractions, all of those meandering, you know, habits that were formed that have everything to do with convenience and work efficiency. Um, we, 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 we adhere instead to something a little bit deeper, and that is we adhere to habits. We adhere to having a lot of energy, to performing well physically. Okay? We, we instead choose to live a life that is full of energy instead of a life of eating for convenience, eating for, you know, really, you know, eating quick, working out with really fast, truncated times. All of these things are really easy and convenient for us. And unfortunately in fitness and in our society at large, we kind of made everything about convenience. So my hope is that every time you listen to Ego Killer, you get a little bit of something to get through. And it's my belief that when we do that, we actually come closer to functioning and moving like the folks that we want to be, right? You want to be a better friend, family member, homie, homegirl for your people, um, for your friends. It's because you're listening really to yourself and staying healthy and active. You know what I'm saying? You're walking the line. You're following your journey. Okay? All right. So I want to discuss today in very large order. I kind of just mentioned it. How comfortable are you guys when you're at the gym? Now, me personally, I'm somebody that I will wear T-shirts that I got for free, you know, many moons back. Why? Because they fit and they don't offend everybody. I don't care how I look necessarily. Like, I don't want to look like a transient pulling up in the gym. I don't want to smell bad. All the things. I don't want to look like I've been sleeping on the bus stop, right? My beard is all scraggly. No, no, no. None of that's necessary. But I do want to at least present the bare minimum of presentability when I'm inside the gym. 
However, I'm not trying to look like a supermodel. I understand, and there have been a lot of places where I trained and worked at where people pull up with matching hand wraps that match the shoelaces, that match the fingernails, that match the hair, because there is, in essence, an idea that looking good means you feel good. And if you feel good, you perform good. How about you guys? Are you down with this? You feel like the better you look and feel is the better you perform? Listen, ask any 100-meter sprinter at the professional level or the high amateur level, and it's clear, it's clear that if you look good, you might just perform better, all right? Even up to Shikari, what's her name, uh, Stevenson, I forget her last name, Richardson. Shikari Richardson pulling up with the big nails, stunting in fishnets, right? That is the highest possible manifestation, personification of looking good and feeling good because clearly she doesn't need fishnets to run a sub 13 second, 10 second, 100 meter dash. It's because it does something endogenously to your attitude and your spirit. There's something about walking out into the field of competition, even if it's the boardroom of ideas that I love to talk about within a plum, right? And that a plum might actually help stimulate motivate ideas and make you perform a little bit better be it you know physical or otherwise but what i need for us to understand like even if you look good feel good and perform good i want you to wrap your mind around the hardest of all truths maybe in this capacity which is this if you can be prepared to get comfortable over being comfortable, you'll always be fine. And I do want to present there uh, that as a distinction. All right, there's a big distinction between getting and being comfortable. All right, when we get comfortable for action, when we get comfortable inside the gym, when we get comfortable it, before an event, after an event, it's the equivalent of warming up before. Your maybe I know for me when I was uh, if I ever had competition, it's in the back, right? In the back, you have everybody, all the fighters, all the coaches, right? The seconds, right? The second coaches in the back, working, getting sweaty, ready to go. You're hitting pads with other people that you've never met, doing the same thing. You're getting comfortable with your surroundings. You're walking around. You're feeling out the floor that you're going to compete on. You're taking a look. You're trying to spot out angles. All of this is you getting comfortable. It was me getting comfortable. For you guys, that could be scouting out the terrain of an obstacle course race. It could be talking to the friends about the moves that you're going to make when you do your obstacle course race. It could be going to the new gym facility, not there to work out, just kind of scouting it out. What do we have to do? You're getting comfortable with your surroundings. That could mean being really doing that from a social aspect where you have to get to know everybody. It could be from a terrain and physical aspect. Whatever it is, it means the most um, basic, I guess. It, it, it's what everybody's kind of capable of. We're all capable of getting comfortable. And so because everybody is capable of getting comfortable, of reducing the anxiety and the tension of trying new stuff, 
right? Because that is one thing as humans that we're not readily gifted with, which is dealing with acute change. We haven't evolved to deal with that perfectly, but we have evolved to thrive and survive. And that means getting comfortable. And what I mean is, if we're doing that, hey, you're in the business right there. Getting comfortable is always an option for you. So what we do, what we do is be in a state where we're able to adapt to your surroundings before an event, after an event, whatever. And what we're going to talk about today is I'm going to give you five comfortable moves that you need to be making so that you could get comfortable instead of being comfortable. Look good, maybe feel good, maybe, but definitely perform your best. Okay. So we're going to go for five points that I want to cover. I think everybody would cover. And as I was kind of researching this a little bit, I thought a little bit about, or a lot bit, I guess, about one of the older gyms that I used to work at and how I maybe got spoiled by working at the gym. So this gym was really Spartan. This gym was really, really fucking Spartan, meaning that there wasn't a lot of ins- of stuff inside. There were no amenities to speak of, and it was a part. Of, it was in a part of our city that was really, really bougie. And I never, for the life of me, thought that anybody would pull up and work out with us. And yet, to our surprise, at the end of the day, we had a very sizable community of people that trained with us inside of this unspectacular gym that would make a Spartan warrior blush. And it made me think that, well, and it spoiled me going forward then, well, the idea that people need to be given comfort maybe is kind of a false narrative that most folks actually are down to get comfortable rather than be comfortable. And I will talk a little bit about being comfortable and the trappings of that kind of move and headspace. But this gym was, one of the gyms we trained at was huge. It was, uh, you know, 3,000 square feet. It was like almost the size of a very, of a basketball like court, maybe like a half court basketball. Um, we had rubber flooring and it used to be a, um, they used to train dogs there. They used to train dogs there. So there were in the corners of this very giant room, there were, there was dog hair. Let me just, there was just dog hair. There were Labradors clearly rubbing their backs against the wall for many generations, probably being washed out. Um, the floor was a nightmare. So we put a bunch of heavy rubber flooring over it and, uh, running through the middle of the room, the ceiling of course was nothing but iron beams, by the way, all painted all painted a shade of like sky blue, but not the good baby blue, right? Not North Carolina, right? Not North Carolina. It was like North Carolina, North Carolina's little brother blue. It was like a lighter shade of baby blue. Um, and uh, the rest of the walls were red and they weren't deep red. They were, let's just cover most of the blue with red, red. Like, off the color of the rainbow, red. This was the room we trained in. The lighting was rough because it was such a big room, rather dim. The HVAC system didn't cover a sizable box of concrete and brick. 
as you can imagine. And so when we trained at 6 a.m., like there was snot dripping from your nose because it was cold. And what happens is the snot in your nose, it still continues to run out. You just don't notice it because the tip of your nose, an extremity that's not really vascular, you know what I'm saying? It gets numb. So you don't know that there's snot dripping from you. And this is what we used to train in every day. And not for the life of me, not for nothing that I ever think that people would show up for this. Who signs up for this? Like as soon as you pull up, you're like, oh, my steamed towel. Where, where do you put the towels when you're done? Well, there are, there are no showers here. <laughs> None of that. We were just training. We were working hard. And that's it. <laughs> That's what you got for your money. And I'm glad and proud that people were able to see past all the superficial trappings, maybe of a too comfortable environment, in order to say that, yo, I'm here to feel good, even though this place doesn't look good. And I can get comfortable because that's really what I believe is our true nature. That made me believe that this is possible for all of us, that we are really more endowed with getting comfortable. Being comfortable is something that we strive for in society. If I can bring this out a little bit more globally. For some reason inside of our society, we like to think that being comfortable is a W. And I do think that it has everything to do with the goals we're told we're supposed to acquiesce to at some point in life. Some point, and I'm not trying to make this into too hard of a point, we're kind of told that X, Y, and Z make a fulfilling life. And at that point, we can kind of kick our feet up and stop. What we're supposed to do is take a few vacations and basically sit right there on your, on your, on your, um, you know, laurels, maybe on your, you know, achievement and survey what you've done. Right. And so the narrative that we get to is never like, how do you reinvent yourself? How do you challenge yourself? How do you get a little bit better? And that's why I think working inside the gym, leasing a space for workouts is so vital because that's what teaches us. When society fails to inform us a little bit, just a little bit, that comfortability is found not just within the purview or the context of professionalism, but in interpersonal growth, right? I think what happens is we actually become more of what we're supposed to do. And I think that's why it's important that everyone gets physical because we there can challenge ourselves, right? And so being comfortable becomes less desirable at the end of the day. I've met a lot of people, met a lot of you guys over the years that are super happy with being comfortable until you weren't. And all the comfortability that I can notice from you guys, right? It didn't result in better health, where better health results in more comfortability. Your ability to get comfortable when it might be challenging is what keeps you comfortable. All right. So, look, there's a few things that I want to cover going forward. All right. The first thing that I noticed that I want you guys to add to to get comfortable instead of being comfortable is your shoes. You know, your shoe game has to match your output. Whatever it is that you're going to engage in, whether it even is a bike ride, I want your shoe game to match your output. I don't care if you're hiking to the lake to do some fishing. You're not going to do that in vans, although I've seen it before. 
right? Whatever it is actively that you're doing, I want your shoe game to match. Why? Well, I've personally noticed over the years how my shoe game hasn't been up to par and how much pain that's caused me. Not just for my flat feet, right? And for a lot of other people that I've met over the years with flat feet, but also how much improvement you get from taking a little bit of care about how you're standing, how you're fidgeting around when you're in, you know, at your desk, right? Maybe you have a standing desk. Maybe you're someone that presents a lot and so you're standing. Your shoe game has to match. Once little, this is where your feet meet terra firma. This is a lot of you adjusting from the ankle down. This can actually give you a lot of pain if you're not really engaged with what you're wearing. Make sure your shoe game matches your output and that your shoes keep you comfortable, especially if you're doing runs of any description. I've taught a long time ago at title boxing. Not too, too long ago. And I'll never forget. I never really had a discussion about what type of shoes you're supposed to wear inside of a boutique boxing gym. And I mean, it's not really a gym. It was a club. And I wasn't really boutique because it was pretty big. But the flooring was like thin. Thin rubber. Thin rubber flooring, right? Almost like a basketball court with like a sheet of rubber on it. Um, And so someone asked me, they go, oh, well, what type of, what type of shoes should I be wearing? Now, for me personally, I never thought too much about this question because I thought it was pretty obvious. But in the world of fitness, people at the time, especially when the paradigms were shifting, were wearing all different types of shoes. And I just said, try to get something with not a lot of grip um, and probably more flat. You could go ahead and put insoles in them. Basically like skate shoes. And I just kind of said that because that's what I wear is the most comfortable. I thought if you're wearing trail shoes inside of this place, you're not going to be able to functionally move. And I just remember telling her that. And she goes, okay, I'll go and buy a pair of airwalks. I'm like, yeah, perfect. Actually skate shoes, right? For the inside indoor boxing gym with the sheet of rubber over it. Cause in my estimation, a lot of places, even if you're not wearing boxing or wrestling shoes, you're going barefoot. So inside this place, it was like, hey, you know, our output here is this. Match it up with that. And so it's just a quick recommendation, all right? I want you guys to match your output when you're wearing your shoes. Now you can look good. Now you can perform good. And hopefully you'll feel better. Number two, your music. If it's not a distraction, I want you to pick music that helps motivate. We all know that the music can pick you up when you're feeling like shit during a long run, during a long session. I know that I've been to gyms where you change songs from one intense song to the next over and over again, right? As the work starts to pick up because intensity helps to boost that um, adrenaline, right? And you need that. So make sure you pick your music accordingly and have it be something that's going to pump you up and definitely not something that's going to distract. I want you guys to survey number three. I want you to survey or kind of pre-qualify the terrain that you're going to be on, right? Are you on those like 
martial arts mats? Are you on pure rubber? Are you going to be doing a race that's inside of a stadium? Are you going to be running on turf? Whatever. There's a million types of flooring. I'm not going to go over all of them. Like the Home Depot catalog, right? Just know that it takes a little bit of getting comfortable. Part of that, instead of being comfortable and accepting and acquiescing, is take notice of the terrain. And what you got in front of you. If you're on the treadmill, are these shoes, for example, going to work or hurt? Number four, I want you to take a quick survey of your expectations. And if you have any expectations, any expectations at all, I want you guys to just kind of move away from them. Your expectations aren't really going to help you get fully active expectations are great if you have them for someone else and it's kind of an eternal goal but for ourselves what we want to do is kind of put it out there that we have goals lofty ones ambition is great however at the end of the day we kind of want to separate ourselves from expecting too much right it's the old kind of idiom of remembering that the destination is not as important as the journey, right? And so what we do is just put it out there in the universe, right? Make that clear to somebody. Set your goals up. Tell someone else what you expect to do for yourself. And then let it go. Maybe never speak of it again. And I'm being really truthful. I've tried this before. I remember I used to train someone who she was very like about habit change because she had to be in her life. Very strong minded woman. And she would task her friends and me with helping her stay honest about her eating, her sleep patterns, right? How she spoke to other people if she was being too aggressive or mad or um, flippant. And I thought that that was a level, a cut above, because it really meant that she was taking responsibility for herself and not leaning on expectation. It's like this. We can practice all of us being ambitious, but also taking the feelings out of whatever it is we expect to achieve, right? Move away from it and just kind of let the process take over basically is what that means. And again, it has everything to do with being able to get comfortable and how that is a thing we can all do. And we talked about it before for number five is amenities. Like how many amenities do you guys expect when you're out here working out? Do you need the best mountain bike to go mountain biking or do you lean back on performance? Do you just boost, you know, do you just get new tires? Do you just get gloves or do you have to have the newest, lightest version of a mountain bike or whatever it is, right? Do you have to have the best Newest amenity, do you need a gym with a steam room and a sauna? Or, do you, or is just the steam room good enough? Whatever it is, how much are those amenities important? And how much are we leaning on being comfortable over getting comfortable? Right? Because we know that getting comfortable is something we could all do. And being comfortable oftentimes might leave us a little defanged when it comes to our fitness goals. You know, I think I've talked about it before. Sometimes I'll see you guys on Monday and then you'll disappear by Friday because maybe we're expecting everything to be a little bit too easy. And there it is. 
Um, therein is where we actually get to challenge the ego a little bit. The ego likes to be comfortable. The ego loves to be comfortable. That's the definition of the ego. It assesses comfortability and denies anything that's outside of that. However, like if you're able to kind of march through that and be someone that's getting comfortable with the surroundings, having the good clothes, right? Having the shoes, the moisture wicking, if you like that, the music's bumping. And being able to have lofty goals but distance yourself feeling-wise from achieving them. And just do. Just have fun. If we're able to do all that, we're getting acclimated to our surroundings. And that right there is where you're going to see your success. So I believe in you guys. I want you to try that. All right? I want you to let me know if you like to get comfortable or if you'd rather be comfortable before you try something new. Rather than accept comfortability. Alright. Go to the egokillershow.com. The website. And let me know what you think. Rate this episode on Apple Podcast. If you can. Five stars means a lot. For me and for the podcast. And the show in general. Alright. I'm going to drop it right there. And I hope you guys have a good Excellent, actually, rest of your week. All right? Cool. Stay up. <laughs>